you've stumbled across episode 30 of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. Is this an ordinary episode? It is not. This is not only episode 30, that's amazing by itself. It's also the one year anniversary of Breakfast with an Alcoholic. That's right. Episode one debuted on March 10th, 2022. (laughs) Wow, that was a lot of alcoholics ago. Since it is a special episode and all, we went all out and you are in for a treat. Our guest alcoholic today is Lindsay V. She's famous on the Twitter. She's Recover with Lindsay there and she's a drug and alcohol counselor in Florida. I know I say this every episode, but this one's really great. So it's that time. Get yourself a cup of coffee and join us. It's breakfast with an alcoholic. Hey, Lindsay. Welcome to Breakfast with an Alcoholic. It's really great to have you here. Thanks for having me. Um, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I'm Lindsay. I'm a drug and alcohol counselor uh, in the state of Florida, and I'm in recovery myself. Um, I am also on the Twitter. (laughs) Um, I've been trying to establish a network on there to help others. That's where I came across you, is on the Twitter. That's one of the things that I think is worth talking about, is why aren't there more and better resources for folks like us on places like that? Absolutely. I definitely think that we've got to get into that and talk more about that. Yeah, cool. All right, so so, uh, you're an alcoholic addict. Um, When when did that all start? Well, um, yes, so I'm in recovery from alcohol and many drugs, um, other addictions that you can think of, everything besides like gambling, I think we've established. Um, There's always one bright spot. <laughs> yeah, I, ne- I never was a gambler. I got sober 10 years ago originally, and I fell down but I got back up and that's kind of why I started doing what I'm doing on Twitter and the other social media platforms is because I think there needs to be more support when we're you know if we stumble and fall you've got to be able to jump back up and need other people rooting for us you know how old were you when you realized not not necessarily when you started behaving like how old were you when you realized that you were an alcoholic and Um, addict Probably as early as like 18 or 19, really, because I don't know that I knew what an alcoholic was, because I didn't know what the actual definition was. I just knew what society kind of portrayed as, you're an alcoholic or addict when you hear people talk about it. I just thought it was somebody that drank too much, um, and whatever too much meant, I don't know. But I started realizing that something was going on um, around 18 or 19, when I started getting in trouble when I would drink and I would black out every time. Yeah. Yeah. Although it's amazing how many of many times it takes (laughs) kind of get the message across. Mm -hmm. I did not know that wasn't what normal drinkers do. I did not know at first that that's not, (laughs) it's not a normal relationship with alcohol or drugs. (laughs) So how did you get sober? How did I get sober? Um, there was kind of, um, I, I went to jail a few times, um, and so I did that whole dry out in jail thing um, because I couldn't stop on my own. I, I 
you know, drinking all the time and doing other substances, I couldn't stop on my own. So the jail was kind of like breaks in between there, and, and I sort of saw the light in those times to where I was like, this is what I want, I want to be sober. Um, going to prison um, for something I did when I was blackout drunk, I don't remember to this day. Um, you would think that would be my wake-up call, but, um, you know, I, I got arrested after for drinking. Um, I think I was sober like two weeks after I got out of prison. And I was so excited to be sober and clean, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And um, But I went, to, I went to treatment after that. I just couldn't take it anymore because... I, I just was like, why do I keep doing this? Like, I, I, it was like my brain was hijacked though and I felt kind of crazy. Like, I didn't know other people felt like this. I thought there's something wrong with me that I can't put it down. Um, my dad had got sober just putting down the drink. And so I kind of looked at that like, why can't I do that? Um, you know, and you see all these stories on TV and you're like, these celebrities, they just stopped and they woke up and they saw the light one day. And that's what I thought, like, there's something wrong with me, I can't stop. And um, so I went to treatment and um, I drank after that and used after that um, because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, right. I was taking some suggestions and doing it my way and that doesn't always work. So that's kind of what happened. And it's funny how that almost always turns out exactly the same way, no matter who tries it. No, every time. You know, it's like that old um, joke about, like, what are the most famous last words of, and then fill in the group you want to disparage. Yes. Yes. And it's like, hey, watch this, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> and, exactly. And, my way. Right. And, 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 and you know, alcoholics are, are pretty good at that. Like, you know, okay, like I know that Amazing. you guys did that and that worked for you, but you know, like, hey, watch this. I, I got to figure it out. I'm going to reinvent the wheel because I'm a smart alcoholic and I've got this and I know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's why I, I you know, I, I'm very fond of Wiley Coyote. <laughs> uh, I think Wiley Coyote is my, I've said this many times, I've written about this, is my spirit animal. Yes. Um, because that is exactly it, right? Mm -hmm. He he knows that there is zero chance that things are going to work out the way he wants them to. Mm -hmm. And it would be worse if they did because the Roadrunner does just not look like great eating. <laughs> does it? No. Uh, so, but yet. You know what that coyote... reminds me of? It's the Jaywalker. <laughs> like, well, I am the Jaywalker. And I always, it's like we read that in the big book and we're like, this jaywalker like he gets hit by a bus and like he does it again with an idiot and it's like well i mean i got hit by a few buses i'm telling you what and i was right. like i'm good i'm gonna keep going absolutely you know it's like we all have this extra circuit built into our brain it's like no try it this way instead it's the same thing it's our relationship to alcohol that's what makes me an alcoholic and um you know it's uh, when i put the alcohol in me i i don't know when i'm gonna stop I, I i don't know maybe a couple times i can control how much i drink but i don't want to um and i'm not gonna be able to continue like that so i have like no power over it I, i'm powerless over it 
you know it's like my brain's hijacked and so that's what makes me an alcoholic it, it's it's truly like the doctor's opinion it's truly like an allergy mm-hmm. well you brought that perfectly back around to the second thing that i wanted to say <laughs> that you said which was it, it it comes up in connection with alcohol right mm-hmm. because right. i mean not that we're like perfect people but like a lot of us manage pretty well in all the other areas of our life and then all of a sudden you know the you know you touch the alcohol rail and and everything changes pretty suddenly but you know that's the other part of it and you know when you read that part of the big book you know the the part about the Jekyll and Hyde and like that that description is me absolutely <laughs> it does incomprehensible things <laughs> You know, my parents used to call me that. I just, really? that just, I just remember that. They're like, you're a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I'm like, what is that? When I was young. Uh-huh. And then when I read it in the big book, I was like, oh, oh my God, they know me. But that's just it. And I think that's one of the reasons that studying the big book, reading the big book is so important because you read it. And even though it's written in kind of stilted 1930s language, you're like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that is 100% true. Um, you know, for me, it, it was as simple as finally seeing that it was a recipe, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I my approach had been, I'm going to read the recipe a zillion times, and then I am going to hope that a delicious dinner shows up. Yeah. And there's a step that was missing. Mm-hmm. Because, like, no one was actually making the dinner. And it turns out every time I hoped for that outcome, I ended up with no dinner. That's what's so cool about the big book, Um, you know, and AA, because I I had no idea until I came into the rooms and actually started listening to others. I I thought I knew what AA was before I got in there, and I'm like, oh, I'm already not going to like it, right? Like, these people aren't like literally they're they're worse than me or something like i don't know i'm thinking all these crazy things because my disease doesn't want me to get help right i don't want to it doesn't want to find any commonalities with others that could help me and i go in there and i start reading the doctor's opinion changed my life though like the doctor's opinion and whenever i work with new people i'm like i get so excited too because i'm like just look at the doctor's opinion <laughs> and I'm like look he's talking about Dr. Silkworth he's talking about it's there's an allergy I'm like we literally have an allergy it's not our fault <laughs> and but that's so comforting because I, I didn't know what was wrong with me I thought I was crazy my mother's like telling me there's something wrong with you you need to go to therapy and I'm like I know mom and there's something wrong with me I can't stop drinking I'm this young and you know i'm already destroying my life i'm getting in trouble i'm getting arrested and then um finally i end up in the rooms and you know i I didn't want to have to go do that but it's not it doesn't matter what i want to do i had to because i was gonna die you know and the big book the the doctor's opinion it's literally like telling you this is what's wrong or not wrong but this is this is what's going on we're not like everybody else right Right, right, right. Well, but but I I think that what you say about the doctor's opinion is is true of the big book because it's what turns the light on. Like it's not my fault. The alternative to this being a disease is that we're just like shitty people 
who did what we did because we didn't care that much. Right, which makes no sense, right? Well, how do you get better from that? You can't. And, and the thing is, too, I, I had that in my mind going back and forth between, damn, Lindsay, you are a shitty person. Like, why would only a bad person would do that to someone for, for whatever reasons you had, you know? Or um, when you were drunk, you did this and did that. That's not very nice or, or whatever. I used to get so annoyed when people would say, this stigma, there's a stigma. Um, and I'd be like, yeah, whatever. But, like, there really is. Um, even with going into the rooms, I think there's, like, a stigma. And, like, if we can if we can talk about this, like, right now, like, how we're doing and talk about, hey, I, I went into the rooms. This is what I did. And and it's it, it just is, like, this is the reality of the disease. Then I can help a lot more people. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and you know, it's, it's part of why this is called breakfast with an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. You know, when I first started doing this and telling people the name, other alcoholics would say, wow, that's kind of harsh. Really? Or, or, you know, you don't have to call yourself that except in a meeting. And that just oh. blew me away. It was other alcoholics telling me oh. that, you know, you could keep what the whole alcoholic thing super important that we've got to look at especially the way that it is with social media these days well i'm not promoting it i'm i'm trying to attract other people to to find their own way to get sober i'm saying this is just one way and this is what i did going back to what you said you know people live their lives that way Mm -hmm. they live them more online and so showing the sober part of your life and I like it's not a part of your life. It is your life. But yeah, like I can't see how that's a bad thing. No, and I think that that's kind of what I've been trying to do is, is just be myself online and just, you know, this is my story. And it's kind of difficult at first because um, I wasn't really sure how am I supposed to um, talk about sobriety. You know, everything that me and you have just talked about kind of comes into play of, well, how much do I disclose this, that, um, you know, I, I have a story. I, I, I even posted my mug shots and everything. And, you know, my mom is like, I don't like that. I don't know. You don't want people to know that. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like, this is the truth. This is transparency. And it's, it's the truth because that was me. And I'm showing someone else like, Hey, if, if I'm like, you know, I got arrested for all these things and like a different, totally different person, right? Like in and out of psych wards, um, you know, like literally just getting in trouble all the time drunk. I was out of my mind um, for various reasons while under the influence. And now I just got my certification for um, to be a counselor in Florida. And that took me so long and I, I think I might have told you Randall um, the best lesson I've ever learned thus far in my life is um, to never give up never 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 give up and it sounds so cheesy but that's exactly what I learned when you know I went through all this stuff it's like I I have a background and to get this certification 
I had to jump through hoops and they denied me, DCF, Department of Children and Families, they denied me because of my background. And, and mind you, it's been over 10 years and I have had nothing on my record since. Um, and, and you can clearly see in my reports what was going on. I was drunk and blacked out. Um, and so then you look at all of that stuff and I'm denied and, and I ended up taking them to court representing myself as my own lawyer and and the judge sided with me and it was that talk about like testing my sobriety because they were bringing up stuff papers that I had no idea about it was like they're trying to they were trying to make me look bad as a person it was wild um but I prevailed I didn't quit and uh, and now I get to help others I better help others if I if I'm going to stay and keep what I have, you know, and that's just kind of how it goes. Well, it's an amazing story, though. I mean, you know, the way you had to go to court to fight to get your certification, I, I mean, and, and the fact that you were willing to do that. I mean, one of the first things we jettison along the way is our, you know, self-respect and, and pride in ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I look back, I mean, it, it's pretty hard when you're you know, in the thick of it to stand up for yourself. I mean, you, you do in ridiculous yes. alcoholic drunk ways, but like when it comes time to saying, Hey, no, no, no. Like I'm actually sober right now and this is not okay. You, you lose the ability to do that. You either think that you're not worthy or you don't want to pick a fight because you don't want people digging around too much. That's exactly it. That's such a good point because I did have that thought at first. And I was like, what am I scared of? Like, I'm not, I'm not, no. It was like, I'm gonna advocate for myself and I never really had advocated for myself in that kind of way. It was always like an egotistical kind of, I don't even know, like just a drunkard, like, or just like ego, just like, and, and I really advocated for myself and I was truthful. And, and I had that confidence and self-esteem to be like, no, I deserve this that's really important and and one of the things that I've come to realize is the importance of telling your story authentically is that you don't know exactly how it's affecting other people um, so so like some things what what are what are things that are have been important to your recovery and when you try to help other people what kinds of things do you suggest it's a good question um, Huge for me was people, places, and things. Changing people, places, and things. Um, luckily, I didn't have any friends, real friends, that um, I wanted to remain in contact with um, when I got clean and sober. So, you know, I changed my phone number. I kind of just dove in and I started hanging out with people in the rooms, other people that, because I was like 24 when I first got sober. Um, and so that kind of was scary for me, being so young, and how am I going to meet people, and oh my god, I'm like, it's going to be so weird. Um, and so finding people in the rooms, and there's young people, there's a lot of young people. I mean, they even have YPG, young people groups, so, um, you know, I, I try to really stress that to others, that find your tribe, because it's going to save your ass. Get them in the door and see what happens. 
be nice to them. When you read, when you read, you know, working with others, for example, which is a very subtly titled chapter in the big book about working with others. And you look in there and there is none of this. Here's how I'm going to take you through the steps. And I did this 20 years ago. And you know what? If your answer to the thing isn't yes, then F you. You should read Working With Others. That is not Bill's approach. Bill is basically tricking you into getting sober. Yeah, you know, that's so true. He, Bill, Bill was a con man at some level. He kept it on the up and up for the most. You're part. right. I he, love it. Definitely. You would describe him as a flim flam guy. <laughs> and so his approach is like, if he just comes at you, he's like, okay, you must get sober. Like people did that to him and it didn't work so well. People mm -hmm. did that to me. Yeah. Didn't work yeah, so well. Nobody else can do it for us. That's so no. important. Bill realized that. And so it's like, he's super cool about it. Like, hey, we can mm -hmm. just hang out. Mm -hmm. We don't have to talk about anything. It's all fine. We can talk about that later. The God <laughs> thing, I don't care. Is it important to yeah. you? I mean, if you want to talk about it, sure. But we don't have. That's how you lure people in. And they don't even realize the hook has been set. That's how you catch fish. That's he how was you a catch genius, fish. right? <laughs> He was a flim-flam man. He knew, how to get, he knew how to get people on the hook. So did Jesus. There you go. And, and that's the thing, too. It's like the, the God thing. Like, how genius was he, though, to, like, con man or not? Like, genius, right? Because um, if you tell me I have to subscribe to something before I've even seen what it is, I'm going to, like, oh. I can't do it. So I love that. Well, okay, the power of that is because it was authentic. Mm -hmm. I mean, as I used to like saying back when I was a real lawyer, I tell clients, you know, this also has the benefit of being true. <laughs> but but that was that was Bill's genius. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was authentic. And that's how when you really that's why I think it's so important to really, really read that story, because he tells you he shows you everything you need to know. And and I think there are very few alcoholics who can go through and read those 18 pages and not come away with a sense that they were holding a mirror up for part of the time they were reading it. Absolutely. Yeah. And and even, you know. Bill's story for, for me, a 35-year-old woman um, with a different history completely with drugs and alcohol, um, being able to read a story like Bill's story and relate to it. And it's written in, what, 1935? Yeah, published in 1939. Right? Yeah, so it's like, that's something, though. You know, there's some kind of power there. Like, just, just being able to, like, I identify with his story and... I love reading Bill's story. Like, I, I mean, I didn't use to. That was the stupidest part of the book. See? And the, the whole Hampshire Grenadier. I mean, I remember reading this, and I'm like, what the fuck? And this is, this is how I'm supposed to get sober? What? You know why I'm not going to get better? Hmm. Because it's time for the alcoholic lightning round. It's time now for the alcoholic lightning round. Uh-oh. Oh, no. You know what? Thank you for having that reaction. I appreciate that very much. 
Um, a lot of people have tried this. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say it's easy. I'm not going to say you're necessarily going to feel great uh, when it's over either, uh, except that it'll be over. Um, but yeah. it, it is what it is. So we're going to put time on the clock. Are you ready? Okay. Um, a superpower if you had one. Reading people's minds. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? No. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. A song that you really like, but were previously too embarrassed to tell anyone. Oh, I really like Nickelback. A lot of their songs. And that's embarrassing to say. Yeah. Nobody better make fun of me. That could be a toll. Um, <laughs> see what I can do. Okay. Um, when they make the movie Breakfast with an Alcoholic, and they will. I mean, it's going to happen. Who do you think should play you in the movie? Mary Kate or Ashley Olsen, because people say I look like them. The two. You see, would you would like to be played by two people, or either one of them? Either one of them. Changing back and forth in between. Is that cool or? That's fine. You know what you could do? You probably did not watch the show Bewitched ever. Oh, yes, I did. Bewitched. I okay. love that show. Yeah, so me too. And so, like, when she would play her evil sister, mm-hmm. the really bad sister, the interesting sister, um, mm-hmm. I mean, she just played her too. So you could. Anyway. I love uh, her. We're getting. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> Are you more afraid of the Terminator movies coming true or the Planet of the Apes movies coming true? I neither. Zombies. I'm, I have a thing for zombies. When you say you have a thing for zombies, <laughs> like I have is a that weird a positive thing zombies. or is that a negative thing? I feel like it's going to happen, but I really like zombies, so I don't know. I feel like I would totally live and survive it. So I feel like it's going to happen, though. I just want to make sure I didn't mishear that. I do. Your dream is to live among the zombies peacefully. Maybe. um, Not like a dream, but like I think it's going to happen. But like, I guess I'm okay with it because I feel like I would be badass and like I would make a cool fort and kill all the zombies. Oh, okay. Well, now I'm with you. I thought you were talking about kind of a kumbaya thing with the zombies around a campfire, which I just wanted to tell you I based on my understanding of the zombie apocalypse is not going to happen I've watched too many I've just, I have like a zombie show enthusiast it's sick oat milk for or against I think I'm for it I don't really know do you know any magic tricks no I'm so bad with jokes and magic tricks I can't remember one joke who is your favorite alcoholic in history or celebrity alcoholic you know what I liked? I liked a Princess Leia um, actress. Uh, oh, Carrie Fisher. Fisher. Yeah. I read her book. I really liked her. I was about to, was wait, cool Princess Leia was an alcoholic in the movie? Oh, no, yeah. Carrie Fisher was. Yeah. 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 She was a. Uh, Lindsay, it was so great having you on Breakfast with an Alcoholic. Really, really great. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, That's another episode of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, and I hope you enjoyed it. 
In fact, I hope you enjoyed it so much that you subscribe. And to make that easy, I put a button down there. You can just push it and make it happen. Go ahead, I'll wait. <laughs> cool. When you subscribe, you get the daily gratitude list, future episodes of Breakfast with an Alcoholic, the liner notes, the official discography for Breakfast with an Alcoholic, and so much more. The really great news? You can subscribe today for free. I mean, you're probably going to also be able to subscribe tomorrow for free, but wouldn't today be better? Also, I know it's Alcoholics Anonymous, but it's totally cool if you want to tell your friends about us. It's thanks, F-L-M-S, thanks for letting me share on Instagram and Twitter. So subscribe, like, share, follow, and I'll be very grateful. On a serious note, if you need help or want to learn more, nyintergroup.org has a complete listing of AA resources in New York, and there's an intergroup site for every state and a lot of countries. If you want to ask us, we'll try to point you in the right direction, too. So that's it. You can look forward to the liner notes for this episode soon, and I'm already looking forward to the next breakfast with an alcoholic, and not just because there are likely to be pancakes involved. Until then, be well, stay groovy, go to a meeting, and call your sponsor. Thanks for letting me share.